Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. If you would like more information about First Baptist Church of Silva, please visit firstbaptistsilva.com. We gather around the Lord's table this morning in the hopes that Christ's presence might transform us, might change us inside and out. Set before us is the bread that Jesus says represents his body, his life, the very core, his ministry, and offering to us from God. Beside it is the cup. The cup that Jesus says represents a new promise, a new covenant, and that it is sealed in his blood, the blood from the sacrifice that he gave out of love for us. The broken bread then becomes, it becomes the bread that we need each day, literally the daily bread that God tells us to ask for and that God delivers. The cup becomes the thirst-quenching taste of living water. God's daily bread and God's cup of salvation make for a tasty meal for us. But the question for us is whether the cups that we've brought with us will have any space for God to put something else in it. It reminds me of serving when I was in seminary for a week at a children's camp as a volunteer counselor way up in the Rocky Mountains. It was up at 8,000 feet of elevation. And so it was both an arid climate, but the elevation was significant, especially for the children who'd come up from Denver and even places lower in elevation. And so for the counselors, it was very important that we made sure that the children got enough water. The question, though, was how do you encourage kids each day to get enough water? Well, they had an ingenious way of making this possible. When the children came into the dining hall, everyone saw the Wolfpack Red pitcher of Kool-Aid punch that was right there on the table. Everybody was delighted to see that sugary sweetness. But what the children would come to learn is that when they would sit down, their cups were already filled with water. To get the good stuff, they had to first drain their cup. Our cups are very full. Which is why it's ironic that our lives feel so very empty. It's because our cups are frequently filled with the things that do not nourish our souls that don't provide us joy, that do not ground us in God's goodness. Part of coming to the table is acknowledging that our cups are filled with things that are not of God, 
Our cups are filled with work anxieties. Even right now, you may be battling the email that you received first thing this morning or the thing in your to-do list that is haunting you. That's what our cups are filled with. Or how about drama with our own families? Sisters-in-law, fathers-in-law, children we haven't spoken to in some time, adult siblings where the relationship is strained. Our cups are filled with that too. Our cups are filled with jealousy for the things that we see online, that image of perfection we think on social media, the grandchildren that we don't feel like we see enough. Our cups are filled with things that are not of God. Or how about rage at those who have a very different point of view than your own? Rage that you don't even know has filled up your cup until your cup gets sloshed just a little bit. Perhaps it's being cut off in traffic or someone says something rude behind you in the checkout line. Maybe it's a text message that's read out of character. And you discover that your cup is filled with rage. Many of us have cups that are filled with disappointment for the way things have turned out. The fact that we're going on two years of extraordinary disruption where 700,000 people have lost their lives because of a virus. So yes, our cups are filled with heartache and grief for the people and the realities and the hopes that we have lost. We feel both full and empty at the same time. We feel both full to the brim, filled to the brim, and poisoned by what's in it. How in the world are we going to accept anything at this table of good? Communion at its best is a moment where we acknowledge that God wants to fill our cup with good things, namely his very presence, which explains, of course, why God sent his son Jesus not to condemn the world, but to save the world. His greatest gift to us was to come and to fill our cups with his very presence, his words, his teachings, his sacrifice. But for us to be able to even begin to taste what God has set before us, we first got to make room for what God wants to put in. So we find ourselves seated at God's table. And so I want to invite us to take a few moments and to pour out the things that you've brought with you. Because God is eager to listen to you, to hear you, to draw close to you, to take that 
bitter coffee that is swirling around in the base of your cup to toss it out and to wash it clean. So let's do this. In these next few moments, during a musical interlude, let's sit quietly with the God who's invited us to his table and to acknowledge that we've got to pour out those things that keep sloshing out and keep weighing us down. Let's pause quietly for a few moments and empty ourselves so that there's room for God to pour his very presence into it.
as we try to empty out our cups, we acknowledge humbly that that triggers our mind and our hearts in ways that we don't wish we would be of thoughts and feelings where we harbor resentment and irritation and anger and grief. The moment of communion provides us the opportunity for reconciliation. And the moments of silence that we try earnestly to sit with are opportunities where we can be reconciled to God for the ways in which we have filled up our cup with things that are not of him. But also that we are reconciled to one another. For we know that the bitterness, anger, irritation, and difficulty all has a name and a face. We've come to know that we absolutely can sit at the table with people that we hate, but it certainly poisons the meal. So we seek to be reconciled to God to ourselves and especially to one another before we can fully allow God to fill our cups with that which we need most, Him. But let's pony up to the fact that it helps to be filled when you're close to the one serving and pouring. It's hard for Jesus to fill your cup if you're not seated at His table. But we're here now, together, together with brothers and sisters in Christ from around the world, people who look different than we do, people that speak differently than we do, people who certainly see the world differently than we do. Still, we sit at the same table because we are one in Christ Because God wants to serve you. Think about that for a minute. God wants to serve you. The least that we can do is make it easier for him to do so. Amen.